What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. So, a lot of things are going on around the league. A few new signings, some rumblings about contract negotiations, Trevor Bauer updates. Let's jump right into it. Let's start with Trevor Bauer updates. So, the Dodgers have cut Trevor Bauer. They designated him for assignment. That means they're releasing him. They announced that he will no longer be part of the organization. This is no surprise. We all knew this was coming. This was signaled a little while ago, maybe a week ago or two ago. And Bauer himself also released a statement. So apparently Bauer met with the Dodgers in Arizona a few days ago. And he, according to him, he said the Dodgers leadership told him they wanted him to return and pitch for the team in 2023. So he seems to have been taken by surprise by the fact that the Dodgers released him. But the Dodgers, according to reports, said that when they met with Bauer, he didn't show any kind of remorse or any kind of, yeah, any kind of remorse or contrition for what has happened over the past year and a half at this point. And they released him because of that. Or maybe they had already made up their mind they were going to release him and they were hoping to hear some kind of apology or anything, but they didn't hear that from Trevor Bauer. Here's my take on the situation. So the Dodgers are going to have to pay Bauer $22.5 million this year anyway. So it made sense that they were going to at least hear him out. You know, they're at least going to hear him out for a meeting because they're going to have to pay him $22.5 million after accounting for the forfeited salary because remember he's going to forfeit the first 50 games of pay so it was a 32 million dollar salary but after docking i think it's like 50 games or so it's 22 and a half million remaining so dodgers have to pay him that regardless so the least they could do is hear him out and see what he has to say but they didn't hear any kind of remorse from bauer i think maybe their minds were already made up maybe they could have been swayed either way but my take on the situation is this trevor bauer believes he's done nothing wrong. So that's why he did not go in there and apologize. In his mind, if he has not done anything wrong, why would he concede? I mean, that would also put him on pretty shaky footing from a legal standpoint. If he's been fighting for a year and a half to clear his name and say that he's done nothing wrong, he can't just go in there and say that he's sorry because, of course, that would be used against him and and maybe even another lawsuit or in his current legal battles that he's he's currently in the middle of. So that's why he didn't apologize. It doesn't make any sense from a legal standpoint. But the Dodgers released a statement saying that, you know, they they believe that allegations of sexual assault or domestic violence should be thoroughly investigated. And basically they're standing by Major League Baseball's investigation. That's all they're saying. It's just legal talk saying that, hey, we're going to defer to MLB's investigation that concluded that Bauer should receive the longest suspension in MLB history. And then based on that, they're going to cut ties with him. That's the case. So what's next for Trevor Bauer? Well, anyone who signs him now, after he clears waivers, because he's going to clear waivers, no one's going to claim off of waivers because that would be a PR nightmare. Whoever signs him is only going to be responsible for the league minimum salary, which is $720,000, with the Dodgers still on the hook for the rest of the deal. So whether or not any other team is willing to carry Bauer on their roster this year remains to be seen because it's going to be a public relations 
spin. Everyone's going to say, oh, this owner doesn't care about such, such, and such allegations. This owner only cares about winning. They don't respect the female fan base. We already know what's going to happen. I think Trevor Bauer will play in 2023. It's He's, he's too good of a player to sit on the sidelines and the fact that he he is already going to be serving a suspension teams are going to be able to justify it that way and say well many other players are playing in the league right now who have served suspensions for domestic violence and or sorry i should say alleged domestic violence and they're in the league today why should trevor bauer be any different that's going to be the justification used and at the end of the day, he's going to get back on the field and it's not going to be forgotten, but life, life will move on. The baseball world will stop holding him to a higher standard than everyone else because there have been other players. You know, Sam Dyson was the previous, he, he had the record for the longest suspension under the domestic violence program. He was 162 games. He served suspension or oldest Chapman. Roberto Osuna, guys like, like guys like this have served suspension and, and multiple other players. So this is nothing new. We can't pretend like it's anything new. I guess the only thing new about it is the length of the suspension, but we've been down this road before with other players and they have rejoined the league. And I think the same thing will happen with Trevor Bauer. In other news, this is big. So the 12 year agreement between the Mets and Carlos Correa is still in limbo. And at this point, the Mets are frustrated by the negotiations. And it's gotten to a point that the Twins have rejoined the bidding. So Correa played with the Twins last season. Apparently, they had an offer on the table for him. And it was 10 years, $285 million. That was the most recent offer. And then that came before the Giants blew them out the water with a 13-year 350. Then, of course, the deal with the Giants fell apart. Now he's trying to sign with the Mets for 12 years, 315, and now that is on shaky footing, and they're saying the Twins are back in negotiation. We don't know where Carlos Correa is going to play in 2023. This ankle injury or the re-aggravated ankle that he had at the end of September is clearly a big issue, especially when you're going, you're, you're going to potentially sign one of the largest contracts we've seen. You're talking nearly $300 million. I mean, these are really big contracts. Of course, a team is going to want to do their due diligence and make sure they're not getting damaged goods. So the Mets are going frustrated. That's the report that we're hearing right now. And the Twins are the team that Correa most recently played for. It's easy for us to assume they have a full grasp on his medical situation. But it was reported in late December that the Twins did not conduct an extensive examination of Correa during the course of the season. So that's particularly noteworthy. We have to keep that in mind because the flare-up with his ankle happened in late September, just a few days or maybe a week before the season ended. So the Twins haven't done a deep dive. So who's to say that even if the Twins are interested, they come back and they're going to do their physical. Who's to say they're going to be happy with it? No one knows if anyone is going to be satisfied with Carlos Correa. He might just have to take significantly less money, significantly less years because of the nature of this injury. I mean, 12 years. Okay, let's just be logical here. Correa is 28. So a 12-year deal will take him to age 40. Does that make sense for a player who we know has 
concerns with a surgically repaired ankle? Does that really make sense for a shortstop that we know has concerns with a surgically repaired ankle that two separate teams have done a thorough physical examination and have pumped the brakes? If two separate teams have pumped the brakes on signing Carlos Correa to a 13-year or 12-year deal, what makes you think that the rest of the league isn't going to notice that? Of course they're going to notice that. And that will definitely completely change the landscape of whatever kind of offer he's going to get. You're not, you're not going to be looking in the, in the decade plus range anymore just because he's 28 now. You're going to be saying, well, we have confirmation from two separate teams that they, they, they couldn't agree to move forward with the terms that were put on the table. So that's confirmed and that's the fact. So teams are going to say, Hey, we're not even going to offer you that before we see your medicals. We're going to probably go in there and give you maybe a five year deal, maybe a six year deal. And then we'll see your medicals and see if it's okay. But we're not even going to start talking 12, 13 anymore because the two teams that offered you that weren't satisfied. So I think Carlos Correa has a big issue in front of him. We'll see. We'll see exactly how it plays out. That is, yeah, so that's the update that we're getting from his camp. Or or just that from from Mets camp, Correa's camp, etc. The Giants have officially signed Michael Conforto. So that one's official. He passed his physical. So it's his two-year, $36 million deal. And he has an opt-out if he reaches 350 plate appearances. So that's official. Someone who did pass a physical. He missed all of 2022 due to injury, shoulder surgery. That's what he had. And now the Mariners are set to sign A.J. Pollock. They've agreed to a one-year, $7 million deal with the outfielder, A.J. Pollock. So that will be official when Pollock passes his physical. The Twins and Rangers were also known to have interest in A.J. Pollock. So the fact that he entered the offseason market was a bit unexpected. He was a bit disappointing with the White Sox in 2022. And he opted to decline his $13 million player option for 2023. So, I mean, he, he left some money on the table. Absolutely. He left some money on the table thinking maybe he'd get some more, and he didn't. Pollock never really seemed fully comfortable during his loan season in Chicago. And now he's caught on with an intriguing Mariners team, which is coming off their first playoff run since 2001. They reached ALDS last season. They have a good outfield mix. We know Pollock hits lefties well. So obviously Julio Rodriguez is their center fielder. He's penciled in there every day. He's the bedrock of Seattle's outfield. But the Mariners have spent a lot of their offseason reinforcing and sorting out the corner outfield. So Mitch Hanniger left in free agency. Kyle Lewis and Jesse Winker were traded. The Mariners got Teoscar Hernandez from the Blue Jays to act as their everyday right fielder, probably part-time DH as well. So that means Pollock is going to put another right-handed bat into left field with Jared Kelnick and Taylor Trammell adding left-handed options as platoon starters for Pollock. So it looks like Pollock is going to be the left fielder against left-handed pitching. And then against right-handed pitching, they'll they'll play Jared Kelnick or Taylor Trammell. So some level of platoon is probably necessary for Pollock. He's not going to be an everyday left fielder. So that's what you'll probably see in Seattle. So it's going to be Julio Rodriguez in center, Teoscar Hernandez in right, and then a platoon in left field with Pollock and some of those young guys. That's that's what you do. That's how you maximize everyone's strengths. Play the strengths of each hitter. They hit lefties well, they'll only start against lefties. And, and if someone hits righties well, they'll only start against righties. 
In other news, the Phillies have acquired Gregory Soto from the Tigers in a five-player deal. So the Phillies have continued to strengthen the roster following their World Series defeat last year. They just got this left-handed pitcher, a reliever, Gregory Soto. They also got utility man Cody Clemens. Yes, that is the son of Hall... Well, not Hall of Famer, sorry. Son of... Well, you know, some people think he should be Hall of Famer. Son of Roger Clemens. Cody Clemens was with the Tigers. But now it's Soto and Clemens heading to Philadelphia. And in return... Utility man Nick Maton, outfielder Matt Vierling, and catcher Donnie Sands are headed to Detroit in the other end of the deal. So what this does is that it adds another quality left-handed pitcher to Philadelphia's bullpen. So we know Philly's got Craig Kimbrell as a new face for the ninth inning right there. And of course, that's that's what they're doing. They're continuing to beef up their bullpen. Between the bullpen additions and the fact they signed Trey Turner and Taiwan Walker... Dave Dombrowski, the president of baseball operations, he's being very aggressive as he's trying to take that last step. They made it to the World Series. He's trying to win a World Series one step further in 2023. So we'll see. But that's a big grab for the Phillies. I think they are the winners of the offseason so far. Absolutely. So that is where we stand with things. Those are our updates for today. If you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who'd be interested. And we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.